listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. It is Tuesday, April 14th from the South Stands to the end zone. You guys are locked on Broncos and I'm your host as always. Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the show at Locked On Broncos. You can get in on the text line at 303-529-6323. Today's episode of the show, it's Text Message Tuesday, and it is the Locked On NFL Draft Special. It's continuing all week long on the Locked On NFL Podcast. So today, we're going to go through listener text messages talking about potentially trading up. We're going to address some Broncos rumors. We're going to answer Broncos fans' thoughts. We're going to get some fans analysis here on the show and then later on you guys are going to hear when the Denver Broncos are on the clock in Tuesday's Locked On NFL Draft Special who are the Broncos going to be selecting at pick number 15 well you guys get to hear that on today's episode of the show but I still encourage you guys check out Locked On NFL all week long for our network-wide mock draft 32 local experts the draft experts college experts player profile series it is phenomenal and it is a massive massive success it's been very fun to be part of that. So check it out for a very, very special Locked On live mock draft here on the Locked On NFL Network. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into text message Tuesday here. And we're going to start things off with Tom Walker, who really just kind of threw something out there about the fact that Deontay Spencer is a pretty special player and that the Broncos have a guy there at the return position who is pretty good. He says he set the all-time CFL record for all-purpose yards with 496 in 2017. He says of the 496 yards, 133 of those were receiving, 165 of those were from kickoffs, and 169 of those were punt return yards, says Spencer ended the 2017 season with 70 receptions for 922 yards and six touchdowns. So the Broncos do have a little bit of a hidden weapon, so to speak, here in Deontay Spencer. Look, I was very impressed with him when the Broncos brought him in, and his on-field product suggested just that. He's a very special guy, obviously a Pro Bowl alternate in the 2019 Pro Bowl game for the Denver Broncos representing there. So, you know, I have no quality about that. I think that, uh, you know, I think Deontay Spencer is a phenomenal player. I'm glad that the Broncos have him, and I think that in the return game, he's going to be deadly for them going into 2020. Our next text message comes in from our good friend Daryl Warner. He says, if Von Miller balls out this year, what does it take to re-sign him? He's making $19 million a year. Whatever is the cap hit will be significant for quite a few more seasons. This sounds far-fetched, but stay with me. What if we were to package Von Miller in the 15th pick and maybe a third to move up to number two? Chase Young is supposed to be a phenom 10 years into his career would be a pro bowler like Vaughn would it be worth it to go there with Washington I I don't know here's my deal I'm not on the board ever of you know saying hey let's trade Vaughn Miller I'm never going to be on that board Daryl um, I just think that also that would be way too much you're packaging your perennial superstar in Vaughn Miller the 15th pick and a third rounder to be able to move up all the way up to number two I wouldn't move up for a guy like Chase Young I would I'd more than likely move up for a guy like Isaiah Simmons but I wouldn't attach Vaughn Miller to that trade I just don't think it'd be worth it my friend I really don't. Denver Gator says, is this the best way to chat with you or am I supposed to chat through a link? No, my man, hey, Denver Gator. Uh, text message 303-529-6323 is the way to get a hold of me. Also, Twitter at Cody Work NFL. Appreciate you, my friend. And then Angela Lavka says, seeing the McCaffrey contract makes the Gordon signing seem much more reasonable. What does it mean for Philip Lindsay? And if you guys aren't aware, Christian McCaffrey, I know there were a lot of Broncos fans that were hoping that Christian McCaffrey would make the big bucks and potentially be traded from the Carolina Panthers as they undergo a rebuild 
under Matt Rule down there in Carolina. That's not going to happen. He signed a big-time contract extension, making him the highest-paid running back in NFL history. Uh, a massive deal for him, a guy who could do it all in the return game as a receiver, as a running back. He's a special player. And I yeah, remember all the people saying he was going to be a bust, and I was really hoping the Broncos would have traded up for him at one point when he's available in the NFL draft, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, no, congrats to him. And how does this impact Philip Lindsay? Look, I don't think Philip Lindsay's going to ever make that type of money yet. Look, it's way too early in, in, in Lindsay's career, in my opinion, to say that you know he can make that type of money just now. He has to turn in another 1,000-yard season, maybe have a season where he has 10 uh, rushing touchdowns, maybe 5 receiving touchdowns to boot, maybe 15 all-purpose touchdowns altogether. I mean, I, I want to compare value because, look, it, it's hard. And, and for Christian McCaffrey, he was the primary workload of that Carolina Panthers team in 2019. He earned that contract extension. Philip Lindsay deserves a contract extension. Uh, absolutely, 110% agree with you there. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be to the numbers that Christian McCaffrey had. But, Angela, thank you for your text message. And next thing, uh, we got my man Drake Riccardi says, would you rather the Denver Broncos trade up for offensive line or wide receiver, or would you rather them stay at 15 and get best player available? And I want to address this here, too, because this is smokescreen season, ladies and gentlemen. All across the National Football League, there are going to be teams out there pumping out smokescreen left and right about misinformation to get other NFL teams to try to bite on it to see, okay, is this really their interest? And Albert Breer of the NFL Network Monday Morning Quarterback had put out there that the Denver Broncos were one of a variety of different teams that wanted or that have inquired about trading up to take an offensive tackle. And I think Benjamin Albright did a great job kind of negating this and saying, look, he'd be very shocked. It just didn't seem like the move, the writing on the wall from people that he's talked to in the Broncos front office about that. And certainly I just don't see the Broncos trading up. I'd be very upset, honestly, if the Broncos traded up to get an offensive tackle when the reality is that's not the team's biggest need when wide receiver is the biggest need. I would trade up for a guy like Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb. I would trade up for one of those two guys right there. That would probably be it. If it was a defensive player, I would trade up for Isaiah Simmons. If he were to magically fall to 10, I would find whatever way I could to trade up to get a guy like that and then maybe go with a you know Denzel Mims or maybe even go with a Brandon Ayuk or a Justin Jefferson in round number two. I would look to be able to do that, but who knows how the board is going to fall. But I think at this point, it's either you're going to trade up for one of those two wide receivers or an absolute star talent on the defense. You just absolutely cannot pass up or you stay put at 15 and get best player available. My man Drake, all the way in Hawaii. I hope you and your family are well, my friend. And then our next question comes in from Anthony Peters. He says, hey, Cody, with the XFL failing again, would you like to see the NFL create a true minor league system similar to the G League or minor league baseball? I personally would love to see the NFL do that in the future. It would give the teams the opportunity to develop more younger players while letting them get reps at the minor league level. I think Salt Lake City would be a great home for an affiliate of the Broncos. I do hope that the NFL truly explores that option. I don't know if the NFL truly will explore that option, but Anthony, you were spot on. The NFL needs a developmental league, and there's a, there's always been these leagues, and look, the XFL failing it has nothing to do with them on their own accord. I think them shutting down due to the coronavirus impacting the season. I mean, they hadn't even finished their season yet, which is the biggest thing there. The coronavirus is really the one thing that really impacted the XFL. I wouldn't say they failed because of financial ineptitude by you know ownership or investors. It's just one of those unfortunate things, but it's hard to compete against 
a billion-dollar business like the NFL. And I think that the NFL, for the best interest of the future of the game, especially for guys that don't make a practice squad or guys that are stashed away on a practice squad, I mean, this would be the perfect opportunity to feed those area teams. And maybe you have eight teams, and maybe you feed in different areas of the United States, different parts of the country. You have teams that are practice squad players for various teams that feed in, and maybe you have a set player roster limit. But the NFL needs to have guys uh, be able to develop. And unfortunately, you know, the talent discrepancy in the NFL is so different that I, I think that stashing away some of these guys would open up opportunities. I mean, the XFL was fun to watch. In my opinion, I felt like the XFL should have been the actual developmental league. I felt like the NFL could have partnered with them because you've seen some NFL players, uh, former Broncos players. You've seen a lot of guys participate in the XFL. And I just think it's unfortunate. It just sucks. And uh, I'm really bummed out because I really enjoyed the XFL. But yes, the NFL needs to look at exploring that option. We're going to continue to explore options here on today's episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to continue with your text messages coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, i got to remind you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of the show, and that's our good friends over there at Postmates. Now, from an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beer while you get to sit at home and watch all the reruns, all the re-games uh, broadcast on NFL Network, sometimes you just need what you need delivered to you fast. And that's why Postmates is the most important thing to go with. Now, right now, if you're like me, I've, I've ordered a lot of food and I've ordered a lot of Postmates and you're probably starting to think about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food and that's why I love using Postmates because they deliver food from every restaurant that I can think of right now to my door, especially while restaurants are closed. Most restaurants have a delivery or a takeout option and Postmates does the work for me. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They can actually make my life easier by grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too, plus convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So there's no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs, and I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. All you got to do is download Postmates on the iOS or the Android store, and you can find your favorites and get anything that you want delivered to you within the hour. So for a limited time, Postmates has given our listeners of Lockdown Broncos $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, just download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL, that's one word, LOCKEDONNFL, for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase. For your first seven days, when you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Broncos country back here for the second half of today's episode of Locked on Broncos. Appreciate you guys, as always, on the text line 303-529-6323. And our next one comes in from CJ Morgan. He says, I was a teammate of Mike Purcell at the University of Wyoming my freshman year, so I love him to death. But do you think it's critical we upgrade his position or can his excellent play last season sustain over the next couple of seasons? I think he's a great player, but I'm nervous that last year was a one-hit wonder. And CJ, this is a great question when it comes to Mike Purcell. And here's, here's my thing that I think about with Purcell. Now, I think my biggest frustration, I wouldn't say frustration, it's not not a valid frustration. I would say my key observation and towards my frustration with the Broncos at the beginning part of the season, not being able to get an interior pass rush or not getting an interior pass rush hardly at all last year was due to the fact that I think Mike Purcell is a run-stuffing nose tackle, and there's nothing wrong with that. The Broncos need a guy like that, but the Broncos also need a guy that could be able to create interior penetration from a zero-tech or a one-technique, and I think that's why they 
brought in Jarrell Casey who could play defensive end. He could also play defensive tackle. And I think you're going to see those guys switched up. Now, I think here's the thing with Mike Purcell. He could do a lot as well. I think he still has a lot to prove. And I, I think for him, I'm rooting for him, not just because he's a nice guy and because he's your teammate, but I, I think he really did a good job for the Denver Broncos last year, filling in and plugging in. And look, he was a big part of the Broncos' success after they had surrendered so many big plays in the first four weeks of the season in the run game. Once he got more solidified down there in a zero tech and a one tech and even a two eye, he was able to help the Broncos' run game improve, especially for those inside linebackers because a big guy like Purcell would command some double teams. It would allow guys like Alexander Johnson or uh, Todd Davis to be able to fill and to plug their gaps more effectively. And that's one I think that Mike Purcell came in and did a good job. So I think that he can still have a lot of success coming up here in 2020. Appreciate you, CJ, and hope you're well, my friend. And, uh, you know, I, I know you're still pursuing your sports media stuff here in Denver. If there's anything I can do to help you, man, please reach out. Let me know. I'd be happy to help in any way I can. Next text message comes in from my friend Dave Pearsall. He says, if you were the GM of the Bengals and if Miami Dolphins offer you three first rounders and maybe a 2021 second rounder, do you make the move? Absolutely. I I think you absolutely entertain that because if the Bengals are going to give you, you know, their pick in exchange for three first rounders, uh, and I think when you look at it too, if I'm not mistaken, the Bengals have a, a variety of different uh, picks. And I think Miami also has a variety of different picks in the first round in the coming years in the NFL draft. That's ammunition, ladies and gentlemen. That, you you could do so much with that. And I think for a team like the Bengals, who are trying to rebuild right now, if the consensus is Joe Burrow, if he ends up being their quarterback, if they can keep A.J. Green healthy and happy in the fold, they got a team that they're trying to build on. But look, it's going to take some time for Cincinnati to get things right. But they could be a surprise team. And if you were to acquire three first-round picks and you could turn that into something, I think that the Bengals would be very foolish uh, to take that away and to be able to not do that. I think that they should absolutely pick up the phone and I would make that deal. I would trade back a couple spots to let Miami get up to number one to get whoever they want to get. If they want to get Joe Burrow, fine, be it. The Bengals are okay with Justin Herbert, ladies and gentlemen. That, that is very true. Uh, they've had a lot of experience with him at the NFL Senior Bowl uh, down there in Mobile, Alabama. They spent the most face time with him. He's got some prospects to him that the Bengals really, really like. And I think the Bengals need to do whatever they can to put themselves in better position for the future. And our next one comes in from Dallas Jeter. He says, do the Broncos have anyone currently on the roster that could play coverage linebacker? Well, certainly, you know, I think with the Broncos zone, defensive concept mostly they run a lot of zone I think that Alexander Johnson's a great not would say great I would say he's a pretty good zone cover linebacker now Vic Fangio has been on record at the NFL combine saying look the Broncos going to look to go some more six DB sets to take some of that pressure off in big passing situations on the inside linebacker but really all you need are, are cover guys and I think that the Broncos have a versatile cover guy in a guy like Alexander Johnson but I think Justin Hollins is really going to surprise people and we heard from Jim Levitt last week who had coached him and he thinks he's very smart and a guy who can run and cover and he's got the ability to pick up the defense. I think Justin Hollins is a name to watch in 2020 for the Denver Broncos. So thank you, Dallas, for your text message. And the next one comes up from Nick Maloney. He says, I'm liking Jefferson more and more at 15 if the big three are gone. Is that too high? Would love a situation where we're able to move back and still get him? Still want Ruggs or Judy over him, obviously. And I think uh, people are sleeping on Jalen Rager as well. Look, I was watching some Jalen Rager highlights once again and just how 
fast this dude is and how fluid he is. He's got great footwork, great route running ability. He has true burner speed too, ladies and gentlemen. Jalen Rigger. I know he didn't run it the way the combine does, but if you go back and you watch his game film, I like him and I also like Justin Jefferson, but do I like him at 15? No, I don't. So Nick, thank you for your text message. My friend Brad Reeves is up next. He says, my first thought is Jerry Judy. He is my wide receiver one over Henry Ruggs. Cannot wait until draft day to see who we get. My question is, what is the chant coming from the stadium at the beginning of the Lockdown Broncos podcast? That's a, on third down or any incompletion. You hear Broncos country at Empower for the Mile High chanting, in, come, plead. I love it. That's uh, one thing I wanted to tie into the show. So thank you for that, Brad. But yes, incomplete. I'll be happy to send it to you as well. If you'd like that, just let me know. Send me a DM or obviously reply to the text message, my friend, and I got you. Cheyenne Hill, he says, I'll just give feedback on the podcast in the wake of this pandemic. It's been really awesome to have a daily dose of football. Nothing but humble props to you, Cody, and the entire Locked On team. Keep it up, man. Go Broncos. Cheyenne, thank you so much for all the support, and uh, I hope you and your family are doing well. Uh, let me know what's going on. And once everything gets going, I got to send out the first pair of Lockdown Broncos socks to my man Vincent Baum, who listens to the show. Uh, but Cheyenne, let me know what uh, the situation is, and I'll, I'll get you a pair of socks as well, my friend. I appreciate you. And then my friend Mile High Memories, he says, is this team's window now, and should John Elway stop at nothing to get a top player. What would you give up to get a guy like Isaiah Simmons or Brown or Jeff Akuda? And would any of those guys make this deed immediate top five defense? I think having a guy like Isaiah Simmons or even Jeff Akuda at the cornerback position, I feel like that does give the Broncos more ammunition to be a top defense in the NFL. It addresses obviously some need. And a guy like Simmons who could do a variety of different things, play coverage linebacker, play safety, play on the outside. You can also blitz him off the edge. You could do a lot with him. I mean, he could be the ultimate Swiss Army knife for a Vic Fangio defense. I mean, the Broncos utilized Will Parks in that type of role towards the end of 2019. Look at Isaiah Simmons and his talent that he has coming in. I mean, he is a ridiculous talent and just imagine him playing that role that Will Parks was playing. Look, I I think that this Broncos defense will be nasty and that's just on paper. Look, and that's just my paper projection at this point in time. Uh, But outside of that, um, I I don't know necessarily if it were for a guy like Isaiah Simmons, like I mentioned earlier, I would do whatever I could if he was available at 10 to maybe trade up and maybe get him uh, because he's a once in a lifetime type defensive player for the position that he plays and the way that he plays it. He's got that Derwin James S to it, but I think a little bit more versatile in my opinion. And I would, I would kill to have a guy like that on defense alongside Justin Simmons, who could be a ball hawking free safety. The, the opportunities are endless, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, mile high memories. Um, I, I like your question, my friend, and I hope you're doing well during this crazy time. Thank you for your text message. And our last one of the day comes to my friend, PJ, the Burge. He says, did you see Cliss's last tweet? Here's a screenshot. Interesting stuff. And it's a screenshot of John Elway's first round draft pick history. What happens when he stands pat? It says in 2011 at pick number two, he selected Von Miller. At 2013, he selected Sylvester Williams in 2013 with pick number 28. In 2014, when he stayed pat, the Broncos selected Bradley Roby at 31. And in 2017, the Broncos selected Garrett Bowles at pick number 20. And then in 2018, at pick number five, the Broncos selected Bradley Chubb. But when John Elway is traded up in 2015, he traded up from 28 to pick number 23 to get Shane Ray. In 2016, he traded from pick 31 to all the way up to number 26 to be able to get Paxton Lynch. When the Broncos trade back from 25 to 36, they got Derek Wolf and Omar Bolden. And in 2019, they traded from 10 all the way to 20. They got Noah Fant and Drew Locke. And it says, seeming like he struggles to move up, but does way better standing pat or moving down 
Those 15 to 16 drafts nearly wrecked the team. And I think really it's hard to pinpoint because like I said, guys, I'm a big proponent, a big believer of you cannot predict how an NFL team is going to do uh, based on their draft pick. You know, you'd never know how a draft pick is really going to pan out. A first round draft pick could end up spiraling out while a guy who's an undrafted guy like Philip Lindsay or Chris Harris Jr. could go to have prolific careers. Uh, you just never know. And that's the science of the game. And I think it's really dynamic. I think scheme fit is so important. I believe teams doing their research and not reaching for a position is what keeps teams safe when it comes to the NFL draft. You know, you got to take risks. I can applaud the risk that John always taken. And look, I think he's learned from his draft experiences. In 18 and 19, he had a phenomenal two back-to-back drafts, great free agencies. I also believe that if John Elway nails this year's NFL draft, look, I, I think it's safe to say that the player evaluation portion is very, very good. And ladies and gentlemen, I actually have an announcement for you guys. Speaking of player evaluation, we're going to have a special guest on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Broncos. We're going to be joined by the NFL Network's Mark Ross. He's an NFL Network analyst. He was a former vice president of player evaluation with the New York Giants. He also had 20 years of NFL scouting experience with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. He joins me tomorrow on the show to be able to talk about the Denver Broncos as he NFL draft approaches. We talk about Vic Fangio and also maybe where the Broncos should look at other positions in the NFL draft outside of round one. Mark Ross of the NFL Network. Stay tuned and uh, stay locked in. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into the locked on NFL draft. The Denver Broncos are on the clock and we're going to share that segment with you guys here coming up in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to remind you guys to check out the locked on NFL draft all week long here on the locked on podcast network. Go back to Friday's episode. It's picks one through six. Yesterday's episode was picks seven through 13. And today's picks, the Denver Broncos on the clock. You got picks 14 all the way up to 19. And you do not want to miss the action, the recap. You got the local experts on the Locked On NFL mock draft. 14 is right before 15. And who's picking at 15? That is the Denver Broncos, who also have a need at wide receiver. And you see Henry Ruggs being mocked to Denver at 15 really a lot. It's the most common pick that I see associated with the Denver Broncos at 15. Broncos are now on the clock. Where do the Denver Broncos go here? There's still some really good prospects on the board. Are they a good fit for Denver? Could we see some more trade action at 15? Yeah, this stings. I mean, I think they would have ran the card to the podium for rugs or if by chance, Judy or Lamb, whoever. Um, I think it's a smidge early for Jefferson. And I think that they really would want a speed element opposite Sutton, considering, you know, Fant and Sutton are their young guys. You want a burner. But I've often talked about my my sweet 16 in this draft and they're picking 15 and two of my sweet 16 are still there. And CJ Henderson and Kinlaw, it isn't the number one need, but they're disruptive positions that are, you know, highly sought after. Either one of those would make perfect sense. You say you traded for Jarrell Casey. Kinlaw could kind of wait and he is a raw prospect. You could just use him sparingly or Henderson could come out and be a you know shutdown type corner for you possibly in time and play a lot of man coverage with them. But in this defensive scheme, Fangio, Fangio does a good job of making the corner's life a little easier. You know, he doesn't need supreme A-plus corners, and I think he would prefer the D-tackle of the two. It's front seven first for Vic Fangio, but he does like speed at cornerback, and he does like good corners. And when he was defensive coordinator for the 49ers, they spent money on that position, and, uh, you know, he's a defensive guy, so I'm sure he's going to be fighting for uh, one of those defenders right here at pick 15 for the Denver Broncos. And that selection is in. We've got Cody Mm -hmm. Rourke, host of... Locked on Broncos standing by with the pick for Denver at 15. 
With the 15th pick in the 2020 lock-on NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina. Now, this is a player that will come into the Vic Fangio style of defense and make an instant impact as a rookie. And this is a move to be considered best player available. The Broncos' options of Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, or CeeDee Lamb were taken off the board in this year's mock draft before the Broncos were able to pick at pick number 15. So with the best player approach philosophy that Broncos Broncos head coach Vic Fangio mentioned the team would likely be using. Javon Kinlaw is that guy. And will they start right away? Well, I think when you take a look at Javon Kinlaw and his productivity and how big he is, the Broncos could start him right away at the nose tackle position. Yes, in the offseason, they traded a seventh round pick for defensive lineman Jarrell Casey from the Tennessee Titans, who could also play defensive tackle, who could also play defensive end. They did tender Mike Purcell, but if the Broncos won an interior pass rush against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, Javon Kinlaw is the right guy for the position and he will see immediate playing time right away and they do fill a position of need because Jarrell Casey the Broncos can get out of that contract after one year and Mike Purcell is tendered so he's only back for one season guaranteed as well so this fulfills a long-term need at the position for a pass rusher on the defensive interior and how will they help the Denver Broncos compete in the next season well you plug him into Vic Fangio's defense let's project a lineup of Jarrell Casey and Shelby Harris at defensive end and Javon Ken Law at that nose tackle position either lined up in a zero tech or a one tech. He is a guy that has violent hands and a lot of power to be able to create separation between guards and centers. He's good at shedding double team blocks and he's able to get in the backfield to collapse the pocket interior for a quarterback with guys like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb crashing on the outside, collapsing the pocket around the quarterback. That's a big focal point of this Broncos defense where pressure bursts pipes and that's the goal that they have. And Javon Kinlaw does make the Denver Broncos a better football team and in a tough AFC West division where the Broncos finished seven and nine last season they could benefit big time from that interior pass rush which they didn't have much of in 2019 so it could make them better it could make them a contender to win the AFC West and I do project that Javon Kinlaw's productivity in the upcoming season could be around a borderline of five sacks while plugging down the interior gaps for the Broncos run defense for Vic Fangio a guy like Javon Kinlaw would be very comparable to Akeem Hicks who he had worked with in Chicago who could play the defensive end position who could play on the interior of that defensive line and Hicks saw a tremendous production in a Vic Fangio style of defense so ultimately the Denver Broncos get a long-term position of need fulfilled even with Shelby Harris being in his final season as a Denver Bronco as of right now on a one-year deal you look at Mike Purcell being tendered back on a one-year deal and Jarrell Casey being 30 years of age entering year number 10 of his career in the National Football League. You want a young guy like Javon Kinlaw to come in right away and make an instant impact. Javon Kinlaw, All-American defensive tackle, South Carolina. Kinlaw tallied six sacks and was generally a disruptive force for the Gamecocks throughout his junior and senior seasons, most notably in an upset over Georgia. Kinlaw harassed Jake Fromm throughout that game, and his pressure helped lead the defense to four turnovers, including a pick six late in that game. 
In his four years at Carolina, Kidlaw played his best against his stiffest competition. This behemoth was also disruptive in special teams. Kidlaw blocked three kicks in his career. He affected numerous others. Also exhibited dedication to his craft. He dropped 40 pounds, transformed his body during his sophomore season. So that shows you what he can do when he puts his mind to it. Kidlaw flirted with declaring for the draft after his junior season, but returned for his senior campaign and really boosted his stock due to some jaw-dropping performances against quality blockers like Georgia that we just mentioned. Now, what do you do when a jumbo athlete like Kenlaw gets that six foot five inch, 330-pound frame rolling in the right direction? Well, mostly you can just pray and hope. He's also cat-quick, ox-strong. His build and abilities could fit him inside in a 4-3 or even outside in a 3-4 alignment. Only concerns for Kenlaw are that high-maintenance body and did he in fact disappear against lesser competition or was he just engaged in double teams? Well, NFL evaluators can decide that through their film study. It does speak well of Kenlaw that he won the team's unselfish teammate award, perhaps meaning he wasn't as inconsistent as some observers believe as much as he was eating up multiple blockers to free up his teammates. If Kenlaw's weight issues are behind him, there's really little that can stop this Goliath from being effective in the NFL against the run and as a factor in the pass rush. This is Matt Smith for Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Broncos went with the high upside defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Matt, how do you like the fit? How do you like the player Kinlaw here at 15? I like it quite a bit. I mean, I've seen a board or two, you know, media that has Kinlaw as their top defensive tackle, which I'm not that there yet. But when you look at the Chris Jones and DeForest Buckners and these longer athletic guys that can run, you can understand the allure. I mean, they're really hard to get blocked. They disrupt throwing lanes. They're always in the quarterback's face. They're just freaky players. And I think Ken Law fits that bill. Might not come in and light the world on fire as a rookie, but I'm not sure they need him to. 6'5", 324, he's got long arms. You see highlight clips of him where he is so athletic and he is so strong and he can uh, get into the backfield and make a ton of plays. Sometimes plays a little high, which some taller players tend to, but you know, a moldable ball of clay for a defensive line coach. I think if you're looking at him in a 3-4 defense, he's a perfect fit for your five technique and then rushes from the inside when you have your four down linemen in nickel. So a great fit there for what Vic Fangio does in Denver on the defensive side of the ball. High upside prospect into Javon Kinlaw, certainly worth the selection here at 15. And then you have to wonder if you are the Broncos, what do you do at wide receiver? And that's still uh, a glaring need, I think, on that Denver offense now they got to spend some uh, some draft capital on that side of the ball yeah and you mentioned the other day they have what three third round picks so yes maybe they move to the end of the first round or beginning of the second and grab uh, somebody that can run right yeah somebody that has that speed element we talked about how rugs would be a nice fit in denver he wasn't the only fast football player in this draft they do have some extra picks to work with so we'll see if the denver broncos are active later on in this draft when we come back we have pick 16 the atlanta falcons are now on the clock then it's the dallas cowboys miami dolphins las vegas raiders and jacksonville jaguars on the locked on nfl mock draft special 